The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition-era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after, after show. show by menon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little inside joke there dave's got a, a little the- vocal loop he's stuck on there we go hey um we're going to talk today about the most memorable cigars you ever had. And I gave each one of you guys a cigar you never had before, nor have I ever had it before. Mm. Uh, came to me um, through a manufacturer from another country, and um, we may or may not be dealing with this particular product in the future. But to me, it's like the first time you ever smoke something, and then maybe a couple of years from now, holy shit, this is... The, the thing that's out there or something, who knows? Uh, I know actually what it's called, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it other than, it, and I didn't smoke it before either. This is the first time. Um, and I got a, a few different things to smoke, but I wanted to get your opinion on this cigar. You know when you, You've already lit it up. You know when you clap erasers and as a kid, you're outside and you get the chalk, mm-hmm. you yeah. get the chalk off, that little bit of dust that ends up in your mouth, there is a, a small amount of chalky flavor. It is not unpleasant. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Uh, so far, the cigar is drawing very well, and it's burning well, but there is a little bit of a chalky component on the finish. It reminds me of kindergarten. <laughs> Glue? Glue. So I'm getting, it, I'm getting it on the cap, like they put the cap on backwards. My, it's sticking <laughs> to my lip. That's how much glue there is in the cap of it. But it's not a sweet tip glue. Nope. 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 It just it is sticking to my lip. I think they might have put it on upside down. A good name for this cigar <laughs> would be Elmer. I mean, is it is it even possible they put the cap on upside down? Because it, in the end, when they when they run the cigar right. through their hand, that you're essentially getting a little bit of that glue all over the cigar as they seal the cap right, and they right, slide it through. Right where my lips are, at the edge of it, it's possible it gets squished out, and that's where it ended up going. Because I've never seen them. They put the they cut the little circle, circle. They put the glue down, and then they put the cigar on and yeah, lift could, the tobacco could, through. Could it possibly have flipped over? Then they put it on. A little residue is holding it but, still there, and the cap is on. But on all of them, because all of us are having this, yeah. right? Yeah, I put mine down for a second, and my lips are sticking together. Uh huh. Mine too. So at some point, we may not be able to talk anymore. I, and I've been smoking cigars for forty years. That's never happened, and it's <laughs> happening to all of us. And there were only five singles, so this mm-hmm. is four of them, and there's only just one left. So are you getting it too? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Huh. How about flavors, tastes? Dentine gum wrapper. <laughs> the aluminum has, side or the... No, no, uh, <laughs> no, no it's, the, it's the, the paper, um, Trident, then, I'm sorry. Trident, the cinnamon Trident, 
you you forget to take the paper off and you pop it in those first couple of chews. So the cinnamon is not directly in contact with your tongue. It's just been in close proximity. Subtle cinnamon. And then the, the chalkiness of the paper. Would you guess a country of origin here? Would you guess a uh, tobacco blend? Um, and we're smoking a Toro. It seems to be about a 6 by 48 uh, it seems Dominican to me. The only, 100% Dominican to the, me. The only thing that's throwing me off from the Dominican, and there's no one country flavor note, so I'm thinking maybe it was made in the Dominican and they're using other tobaccos. Four country blend. Because it's not it's not that uh, basement-y flavor that you get when there's all Dominican. So there, I get where you guys are coming from. It's on the milder side. There is a little bit of that basement but there's other stuff going on. You would say on. this is mild? I wonder if there's Brazilian mm. tobacco in this, too. Mild and nicotine. You know the blend. There's flavor going I do. On. I do. Is there Brazilian in it? Uh, there's a Brazilian reasons why there's Brazilian. <laughs> there is. There's Brazilian in it. Mm. A lot of Mexican. Mm. Whether it be the, the outside wrap is Mexican Claro. Do you have the exact type of Brazilian? Because I want to go out on a limb and say it's Matafina. Ooh. You mean the most popular Brazilian tobacco? <laughs> well, it could have been Adi Paraca. That's not the most popular. No, but I don't. I just have Brazilian. Uh, uh. Um, Mexican wrapper, Mexican binder. Hmm. That explains the cinnamon. You get cinnamon a lot on that. Yeah. I said I wouldn't tell you this stuff, and I'm telling you. But, <laughs> um, anyway, memorable? Memorable, most memorable cigars we've ever smoked. Yeah, so start with you. You're, you're off on the. Yeah, and for me, it's not about what the best cigar is. It's funny if you ask somebody what's the best cigar you ever smoked, they're not going to be able to think of one. I don't think. Yeah, the most memorable basketball game I ever went to is something I walked out on. Huh? I can't. Remember, I can't forget <laughs> that I did it because it broke the racket of all. Um, comebacks of all time, and I wasn't there. I left. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think the thing that makes it memorable is time, place, or people more than the cigar yeah. itself. <laughs> and yeah. So for me, it was uh, I smoked a Cuban Davidoff on the patio at the Hotel Nacional. There we go. And that's you, memorable. You bought it there? I did not buy it there. Okay. It was gifted to me. Beforehand or there? There. Okay. I, I was there for the Habanos Festival, okay. one of the earlier ones back in the, oh, it might have been actually 99 okay. or 2000. And uh, Mitchell. low key flex over there. Mitchell Orchant, who okay. I believe you know, yes, was, I do. was at that event and he handed me a Cuban Davidoff. All right. And I sat right there on the patio overlooking the water. Nice. I know yeah. exactly where you were. <laughs> You've been. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice place yeah. to hang out and have a cigar. So yeah. it was a, a lot of fun. It's the place to go when you're gonna, you want a memory. Yep. And, you know, what are you going to smoke there? No. I stayed at the hotel. It was a shithole. Yeah. They all are. They <laughs> yeah. all are. Because they haven't done anything to them. But no. the lobby looks nice. The lobby looks okay. And then people, I haven't never stayed at that hotel. Mm-hmm. I've been to that hotel a bunch of times. And it looks nice in the lobby. And the restaurant is nice right. there. And the patio is fantastic. Yeah, don't get a room. <laughs> and then they say the hotel room's terrible. And terrible. Like, okay. So I stayed at what was the Hilton, uh, which never opened, by the way. The Hilton was finished, and the day it was finished, Castro and his boys come in and say, okay, this is my office. <laughs> and and the lobby of the Hilton became Castro's office, mm. and that was the end of it. So, uh, and Hilton, get your stuff and get out of here, mm-hmm. is, is what happened there. And um, 
probably was nice in 1962, but right. nothing has been done to it. No. And, and when you get on the elevator, there's an elevator guy. Yeah. Because if there wasn't an elevator guy, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to make it. Oh, those are yeah. rickety elevators yeah. they've got there. Yeah. So uh, The ones know, with the cages that yeah. go across. Yeah, and, yeah. 60, 60 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I don't think the elevator guys are going to Cuba because there may be one other elevator there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that elevator guys travel for, for business. No? No, I think they pretty much they get hired by the hotel and they're that elevator guy. Elevator guys get tra- travel for business because I have an elevator. Mm-hmm. And the guy has to come from Vermont to come to fix my elevator. I thought you meant the elevator operator guy. I oh, realized that you meant guy. elevator builder guy. Repair guy. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Those guys have to travel. No, There's they, like six of them in the world. They yeah. feel bad for those guys because, you know, it's an up and down business. Listen, <laughs> you, you witnessed it. Oh, I yeah. got stuck in an elevator in Cuba. <laughs> Dave, I hear Dave. So we Me got, and Jess got stuck in an elevator. And we had to call the elevator guy. Jess is inside the elevator. She, I can hear her. She goes, I have never had to pee more in my entire life. And Dave goes, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to face the wall and you do what you got to do. And I hear her slap him yeah. and say, I will never. I'll die for us. I'll die. It was 95 degrees and humid inside the elevator. We were sweating and we had to go to the bathroom. All of us. Yeah. And that's because Jonathan went out of the elevator and didn't hold the elevator door. Were you smoking a cigar? Was that your no. most memorable? No. They didn't care you could smoke i don't get why elevator. she slapped you because that was like the gentlemanly thing to do it's not like you followed it up with well i'm thirsty yeah, yeah. that would have been awkward oh, <laughs> you're awkward yeah uh my most memorable was a cuban cigar also mm. and it was a cuban cigar in new hampshire and it was one of these that i had a little list of like 10 cigars i always wanted to smoke and get to and i'm checking these things off and i get down to there's only a couple left at this point and one of them was a Trinidad. And this is before Trinidad was out for the open public. Mm-hmm. This is in the 90s. And Steve right. Soccer, of all people, he's not in the cigar industry at the time, knows this list that I have. And he's down in Texas. And he calls me up and said, I got a guy that has the Trinidads because it was diplomats that was yeah. handed these things only. And uh, no band on it or anything. One size, the Fundadori, Fundadoro. Fundadores. Fundadores. And uh, he Our said, fundadores. here they are. They're 300 bucks a piece. How many do you want? And I said, I'll take two. And he said, you sure? And I said, yeah. He said, that's a lot of money. It's not going to be worth it. I said, I know it's not. Let me just check it off. So he says, okay. And he comes home and he calls me the next weekend. He says, I got the cigars. Uh, what time are you closing? I said, six o'clock. He says, I'll make it before six o'clock. I said, okay. And he comes in and it's like quarter of six. There's nobody there. And I said, okay. I locked the door like I'm doing a big drug deal. <laughs> Pull the curtains down and it's me and him. Now you just can't leave. And I give him the 600 and I give him one of the cigars too. And he says, no, no. And I said, yep, have that. That's for being my, what do you call that? Mule. Mule. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we sat and smoked a cigar. It's not like he had to prison purse them. He just flew with them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. There was a sweetness. No, no. <laughs> uh, so that was my most memorable cigar. I sat there. I did enjoy it. It tasted like tea. I remember the mm. flavor of it, the uniqueness to it. And was it the greatest cigar I ever had? No, it wasn't. But it was good. It was worth every bit of $20. 
but it was 300. It was actually 600. I got to smoke one, and it was 600, but I checked it off. I got to go last because uh, I I got an idea, Baron. So what was your most memorable cigar ever? So uh, I always used to hang out in a spot in Brooklyn on Brighton 15th Street, which the street ended right at the beach. As a matter of fact, it was the spot that I did the Cigar Authority on the call-in. No kidding. So it was my go-to spot for cigars. and uh, Just to drive your car at. Yeah, drive the car at. I'd stay at the, in the car, watch people go to and fro the beach. I was literally inches from the sand. You yeah. could creeping. creeping. Yeah, I was creeping <laughs> at the girls in the bikinis. Yeah. I'll admit it. I'm, yeah. that, I'm that guy. Uh, and I had picked up a uh, Fuente Bestsella Medoro. And it was the first time I ever had that cigar. Mm. And I lit it up, and I got cinnamon baked apples. And every memory of my father came flooding back. Mm. And it just it took me down. He was already gone at that time. He was time. already gone at yeah. that time. And it wasn't even like, is this what I'm tasting? It was so dominant. It was yeah. so prevalent. And the <laughs> memories that just came flooding back mm. of my dad, you know, stealing the car to go to the Islander games and not telling him I didn't even have a license at a time. Oh, God. And then when he found out, he, he, he wasn't mad I was taking the car. He was mad I never took him to a game. Oh. So all these memories just kept but flooding Barry, back. Barry, back at that time, you didn't taste cinnamon because you couldn't pronounce no, it. No, I was getting a synonym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it, to this day, I've never been able to replicate that feeling with a cigar. Yeah, so it's it's about memories, right? Yeah. A cigar is about memories, except for what Mr. Jonathan's going to come up with, probably. <laughs> I think he's thinking about the answer right now. That's oh, why yeah. he wants to go last. He's puzzling through how to oh, no. derail us. I, I have the answer. I think I have the answer for you. So Before you say it, can I guess what the answer's going to be? Sure. Your grandfather. It is smoking a cigar with my grandfather. All right, just, just a guess. But the most memorable cigar I ever smoked was one I never smoked. That's very interesting. So, Doesn't that cancel out the question? The question was, what's the most memorable one? No one said I had to have smoked it. Okay. It's the one I almost smoked. So he visits me for the very last time, and I didn't know it was the last time, and I was working in the Seabrook store, and he says, uh, you know, it's nice to see you. We catch up for a minute, and he goes, I really I really want a cigar. I'm, I'm here in the cigar nexus. I I got to have a cigar. I go, what do you want? And he says, just give me the Romeo I always smoke. And I said, well, I'm happy to do that, but there's this new cigar called Trademark by Hammer and Sickle. It had just launched. And he's like, I don't know. What if I don't like it? And then the cigar will go to waste. And he's a product of the 30s where just Mm -hmm. being wasteful was unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I said, how about this? Don't slobber all over it. And if you don't like it, after about an inch, I'll smoke it, and I'll just give you the, the Romeo that you want. And he said, all right, those are acceptable terms. And he smoked it for an inch, and then at an inch, he said, for the rest of my life, I want you to send me these cigars down in Florida. He was living in Florida. Hmm. And I said, that's, that's a done deal. We can make that happen. And that was that. That he died. He caught you a nickel. <laughs> I mean, did you send any? He ended no? up smoking. Yeah, that was just the last time that he was up. All right. Other than his. So, uh, how many boxes did you end up sending? I think he ended up with probably six before uh, right. before it was over. But Lived to what age? 95 or 96. Hmm. Smoking to the very end. You right to the to. end. There we go. Yeah, my grandfather let him rest in peace with a cigar and uh, Johnny Walker. Not Johnny Walker, J&B Scotch every day. Yeah. Mm. My yeah. mother's 90 now. 
and I'm going to have a cigar with her tonight. Mm. Uh, if not tonight, tomorrow. It's uh, yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Again, this is we're talking Wednesday here, but let's go back to Saturday. Um, I took her to Dominican Republic with me. Another memorable mm. cigar I haven't smoked. And we were there to come up with the Partagas 160. That's why we were there. Mm. Partagas 150 had come out. Eight years had passed, mm. and they got a group of retailers together to create. Um, I'm sorry, it became the Partagas 160. We were there to create the Cohiba 25th anniversary cigar. And that's why we were there. And nobody could agree with each other mm-hmm. on, on the blend, on the pricing of the packaging <laughs> of nothing. And Edgar Coleman threw his hands up and he says, never mind, we're not going to do this. And it became the Partagas 160. Hmm. So while we were there, it was all about Cohiba. So they had us sitting down, teaching us to roll cigars. And everybody rolled five cigars, including my mother. And before we left, they gave everybody a box of five mm-hmm all labeled, banded, and everything of the cigars you made with the Cohiba brand on it, mm. exclusively made by Angela Garofalo. And wow. mine was exclusively made, and I still have the box, and that's got to be 20 years ago anyway, and I still have them. 21 years ago, actually. I so you still have yours and hers? I smoke mine. Oh, all right. <laughs> I still have hers, though, because she gave me hers and said, just take these. So I, I took them, mm. I held them for 21 years, and this is what we're going to smoke. That's and it'll awesome. be a memorable cigar. Mm. Will it draw? Will it taste good? Who the hell knows? It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't it's not matter. about is it a great cigar. Mm. It matters about the um, thing that ended up happening with the cigar, right? So Grampy had called into the show and Eric Hansen was on. And we were struggling with Eric Hansen anyway. It was one of the, our early, early interviews. Yeah. So my grandfather calls in and I am texting my mother saying, can you please take the phone away from him? Because we're trying to interview <laughs> this dude and- so the call ends, and uh, Eric Hansen says, that's your grandfather? And we were smoking oh, second remember. growth at yes. the time, $32 cigar. And Eric says, I'm going to buy your grandfather a box of cigars. And I said, no, you're not. Please yeah. don't do that. He'll, he's happy smoking what he's smoking, and it's your stuff at the time, but no. And at the end, he walks up to the register, and he buys the box, and he hands it to me and says, <clears throat> we're going to ship this. I believe I paid more than $150 for it, so free shipping put his address down and i said you know what he's going to be up in a month i'm going to hold on to him so i give him the box of cigars and as he was known to what do a box too remember the box oh, yeah. ridiculous i still have the box he starts handing out cigars and i knew he was going to do it so i grabbed a box of something else and i walked around behind him and said listen this is the story of the cigar it's a 32 dollars cigar can i give you a replacement i'll give you two but i want him to smoke all of these so I end up reloading his box back up with those cigars. And the last three he smoked with my brother and I nice. on the deck of my uncle's house. And he gets about halfway through. There's no way he can say anything about it now. And I go, these came from that man, Eric Hansen. He goes, oh, yes, I remember. I called into the show. I go, they're $32 a piece. He inhaled and choked and was like, I never would have smoked, smoked them. them. <laughs> and I said, that's why I never told you. Yeah, till it's over. That's why I never told over. you. So right now it's time to get to the strength and character segment, and that's brought to you by Camacho Cigars, the icon of uncompromised value. Let's talk about your grandfather right now. He's not here anymore. But six pillars of character, trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. Pick one of them 
that you think he's the strongest of? Fairness, without question. Okay, and why so is that? the probably the, the story that I was the most excited to tell. We always had shitbox cars growing up, and my dad would say he was famous for saying, "Close the door like a man," because <laughs> the doors would never latch unless you slammed them. So you'd have to learn how to close the door with two hands and slam it shut. So my grandfather took us all up to go to the races in Loudon or Lee, and we come back and we're in the car and I love my grandfather and I'm going to make sure that I close the door like a man to show him how much I respect him. And I grabbed two hands on the door and I slammed that thing so hard. On his hand, what? No, no. Broke the glass. No, his thing in life is you never slam doors. This is his really. This is his number one but tenant. This is not his father. This is this is my mother's father. Yes. And I slam the door, and he gets down on one knee, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, "Why would you ever <laughs> slam a door?" And I said, "Well, my dad always said you got to slam the door like a man, and I didn't want to have your car be unsafe." And he said, "You slam your father's door if that's how he wants you to close the doors." And he opened the door, and he said, "Look at how nice and easy Grampy's car door closes." And with one finger, he closes the door. And he first got to the root of what my problem was. Not that I'm a derelict kid slamming doors. I didn't know that you don't slam Grampy's door. He was very fair with me. I would say fairness was the number one thing for him. I would have just smacked you. (laughs) Most people, honestly and truly, most people would have, and I deserved it. But he just put his hand on my shoulder, and he got to the root of the problem. And I I always remember that story and always looked at him as a very fair man for it. There we go. And that's it. That's it. Is this cigar we're smoking memorable? Well, I'm always going to kind of remember the upside down cap or the backwards <laughs> cap. Yeah. yeah. Could that be a thing? <laughs> I don't like think a marketing it. ploy? <laughs> kind of like upside down cake, but with a cigar. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, okay. That's it for the after show. Uh, next week, what do we have? We have big time Tommy. He is a reality star. He did some things out there. He's also big on Instagram. Tons of tons of followers. And has not one, but two different cigars named after him. We're going to have him on the show. We'll see what that's all about next week, Saturday, on The Cigar Authority. And even if you're smoking a cigar that you don't know what it is, stick the lid end in your mouth because you might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.